Hello and welcome to Boarding Party's D&D Campaign. Featuring Bentley Woods CJ D. Blackwater Milo Reuter and Phoebe Wilhelm. I'm Drew, the Game Master for the Laris region. Victorious in their Fola City challenge, the flock set out for Newtree to conquer their fears in another round in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Welcome back to yet another of Montgomery Montgomery's gym sessions. Today, Montgomery, you're closing in yes. on the final gym. Closing in. Yes. Two to go. Yes. Officially. You've got Newtree. You've got Ediola. Mm-hmm. And so the question falls to you, Montgomery. Where to first? Uh, new tree would be the one we're going to go to next. It is both on the way and uh, the only the last one that we have like kind of intel for. So, mm -hmm. okay. Then new tree it shall be. Taking off from Fola City Gym when last I left you, flying to the east. Towards New Tree. It's about a 40 minute flight for a super powered bird such as yourself. Yes. Off you go. Leaving behind the concrete jungle that is Fola for a more subdued, natural forested area that is the New Tree Reserve. See the giant obsidian tree that stands in the middle of town. Demarcated. As the New Tree City Gym. Some of the Rooter Squad has been through this before. Yes. They've been hardened. Yes. In the crucible of fear. This is true. So they know a little bit of what to expect here, but not everything. As you fly on in, New Tree is a very different place from the last time we were here. As oh. are many of the places in the region, to yeah. be fair. As we may or may not remember, Mayburn... The town just to the south of Nutri was cratered, was yes. the words that were used. And a lot of that devastation is not too far off from Nutri, especially from the air. Hmm. You are able to see a just cosmic-looking crater. Um, it almost looks as though a meteor impacted down there. There's just no sign of life. There's a point in the new tree forest where life gives way to a monochrome landscape of ash. And it's very disheartening to look out and see what should be bustling life and sort of large fields, swaths of land, growing food and, as we may remember, the cheese that is produced in Mayburn, a single throwaway line yes. in an outro that I totally forgot to do anything with. There was, there was, in fact, a cheese production facility in Mayburn. <laughs> there is no longer. The cheese has stopped. It no longer has a cheesy smell. Yes. Um, but there are a number of eerie critters. So, Monty, as you're flying, go ahead and mm. throw me a perception. We'll see how much Joel gets to know. Okay. About what may be lingering in Mayburn. A, a whopping eight. A whopping eight. Okay. Um, there are... Countless shapes in motion out there. And none of them linger near one another. 
They are not the sort of rocky lads that you have seen mm. left, right, and center every which way. Um, they have no presence here. What does linger is a horrible insult to life as you know it in the humanoid sense. Uh, you just see long, spindly tendrils held together in roughly creature-like shapes. They're just amorphous sort of spindles that just lurch around this abandoned landscape looking for any amount of nutrients or anything that they can Yikes. soak up. It looks like veins just moving from one patch of ground to the next. But there's not a whole lot of detail that you're able to glean, and you kind of just shake your head and focus up on what's to come as you finally land in a new tree. Okay. Um, this Monty is going to fly down to new tree and uh, release the squad. Release the squad. Between himself and Titania, have a chat with the crew. Mm -hmm. Um, going to see Arjan scouting the land and ask if he wants to pursue in a similar situation to Fola, some local mm -hmm. cuisine, to which he will say yes. Um, this might be the first place that Arjan got to do that. Like, really, truly, when you guys mm. did your big uh, family cookout. Yes, yes. We made a pancake feast in yeah. memory serves. Um, Back to the roots. So The root of roots. Monty and Titania are going to discuss. Last time they were here, it was Monty, Bullet, and Titania that took on this gym. And um, they want to give Moonraker a shot in this gym um, because Moonraker hasn't really experienced too much of like more intensive combat. He was in the manor when all that happened, but... Yeah. Um, not too much happened in that front. So they want to give him this opportunity to experience it. And um, then they're also going to send in their respective protégés, which is going to be Shimmer for Monty and Eunice for Titania to round out the group. And um, Arjan is going to request Derby, Wesley, and Gustavo's assistance um, because he has been here and he knows what's available and what he wants to do. And he is going to take them with uh, to the Combi honey stand. Oh, heck yeah. We're, we're going back to our roots. Do you want to know where those notes are? <laughs> In the notepad free app on nice. my phone. I'm not even kidding. Last edit, January 23rd. 2021 jeez it's still here baby i still got it um and and uh atticus will also join in this instance okay moonraker yes. shimmer yes unice yes having been in the presence of a trainer with the new tree city badge mm -hmm. does steal one's senses for fears both Mundane, cosmic, spiritual, otherworldly, any other Dan Aykroydism that you want to throw in there. Cool. 
paranormal, uh, supranormal, extra planar, you know, all those things. Yeah. Or Buzzwords. As I, as I just wrote in my note, uh, lunar gooblies. Lunar gooblies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. Uh, <laughs> that's eerily close to what I wrote. <laughs> so here we are. So as you guys walk through the door of Nutri City Gym, mm -hmm. it's a bit like being unaffected by Mysterio. Mm. Where you see the inside of a large tree. Mm -hmm. And you see the sort of hovering spectral visage of a woman that you know is named Deirdre, but you've never interacted with. Yes. Milo sort of did mm -hmm. for a bit, and then she was just gone. But you see her standing mm -hmm. in the room, surrounded by a number of mirrors. As she just sort of tilts her head sideways, noticing that four or five Pokemon just walked into the gym. One, unattended. Two, yeah. and more shocking for her, unaffected mm. by the just sort of area. This ambient fear. That just radiates out. But she maintains her composure. Tries to keep it cool. Act like this is what's supposed to happen. And as she takes a few like hovering steps forward. All of the mirror images. She's sort of floating ominously. And there's a lot going on. And there's some mist and smoke pooling in the room. Nice. As she will just beckon to the arena in front of you. That is a relatively small space. And hold her hand out and one of the mirrors will lift up. And she'll usher you sort of through. And there's a downward staircase. Ooh, cool. A place that no one really noticed because they were trapped in a prison of their own making. Okay. Last time. Okay. But she ushers you down the stairs. Okay. Into a large combat space. Her own shadow will pull out from beneath her and fold to the other side as a Gengar. Ooh. Which of the Rooter team would you like to send out first for this single battle extravaganza? Ah, uh, boy. Um, we're going to send out Moonraker. Moonraker. Yeah. Okay. Moonraker. Go ahead and roll initiative, pal. Okay. Nutri Gengar sort of sizes up Moonraker. Mm -hmm. He's a pretty small guy. Yeah. But he's getting bigger. He's like, he's he's a schmedium right now. Okay. And just kind of holds two fingers to each temple, closes okay. his eyes, and then flashes them open and goes, ah, does the Gengar tongue. <laughs> and you just make a wisdom saving throw, Moonraker. Unnatural 20. <gasps> and you shake off the effects of hypnosis. Nice. Well done. As, as the Gengar goes, Bleh! Moonraker, you just look and you go, I'm not afraid. I've never been afraid. Uh, not of you. Not of anything. Yeah! Moonraker's going to see that face and try to spray water at it. I love a water gun. Get him. Get him, Chief. Uh, it'd be a 23 to hit. Good lord, yes. That's because the choice specs boost. Yeah. On his first range single attack. choice spec. Yes. He's choice spec'd for this. For 15 damage. Holy water. cow. 
was like, okay. Great opening. Very strong start, Moonraker. As he's going, Bleh, you just start to waterboard him. You start drowning a ghost completely unafeared. Um, it will kind of start to reel from that. Pull up this big orb of shadow and fling it towards you. All right. He gets a, a dirty, filthy 20. Moonraker, you have 10 points of ghost damage coming in. Okay. As the shadow ball kind of smashes into your beak, leaves a little bit of ethereal burning all over your face. You dust yourself off. You get that dirt off your shoulders. Um, Moonraker is going to take this time to set up a heavy rain, <gasps> activating okay. red sky at morning. All right. Rain begins to fall. In the area, we have some heavy rain coming in. Very strange to be indoors, and suddenly there's a thunderstorm roiling yeah. around you. There's the, the shadow of a shady ghost off in the distance through the rain. He is not a water type, and as such, he's not super pleased by this outcome. However, through that rain... Particles just start to separate as another shadow ball is rolling towards you. Okay. However, this time, it's only a 12. That does not hit. Okay. You elegantly duck. You tuck your wings in. Nothing gets past the X. Nice. <laughs> Fold it back out. Maintain T-pose. Beautiful. All right. Moonraker's going to try to go for another water gun. For a 17 to hit this that time. That will still hit. All right. Uh, t -t 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 8, 11, 12 more water damage. 12 more. Okay. This Gengar showing a bit of wear and tear as much as a ghost can. Its, it's shadowy form is kind of loosely held together. Looks like he's slightly out of focus. He's going to just sort of fold into the ground and then reappear right in front of you and go... Blah, blah, blah. we got to make another wisdom save. He's going for it. Kay. He's going big. He wants to get you. Oh... Uh, unnatural 20. You are completely unfazed, Moonrakers. He leaps nice. out of the ground and just kind of starts flailing at you. You're like, you didn't even mortally wound me after <laughs> doing that. It's like, these ghost effects are weak, bro. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are going to um, gut reaction gust to try to push him away. Uh-oh. Okay. Sure. It, it's a strength save. All right. He's... Really good at those. Um, that's a 12 minus 3 for a 9. Oh, he fails. Yeah, he is a ghost. All right. An incorporeal ghost. Not the strongest. For 7 flying damage. 7 flying. Okay. <laughs> As he leaps up and he's trying to be scary, he just gets carried away and he's like wisping out into this gust and he's like... <laughs> Even though you've... Resists his hypnosis. You're right next to him. He's going to just try to, like, bite down with his little ghost face on you. He's going to go for a dream eater. But you've not been hypnotized. So he gets a dirty 20 to hit. Okay. But the damage is not what it could be. But it may still be pretty good. We'll find out. It's five. It is five points of ghost damage. Okay. As he clamps onto you and tries to, like, siphon some energy, but he fails. Uh, and then I get a 13 to maintain the rain. Very good. 
Very much sufficient. All right. And then Moonraker's going to try to go for another water gun. I love it. A critical hit. This could do it, honestly, with the rain boost and uh, the crit. 11, 15, double to 30, 30. water damage. Okay, it doesn't kill him. 30, water damage. But he does go from totally fine to mortally wounded. Um, as you surpass the bloodied condition entirely. He doesn't have blood. He's, he's ghostly wounded. Uh, you launch a water gun to rival all others, and you, like, blast off an arm and then a leg and then, like, part of the head, and then it kind of reforms, but it's not as good. He's, like, very smooth in those parts. He's not as spiky anymore. And uh, he's looking incredibly unwell, and he's just going to try to go out swinging by throwing a shadow ball at you. Okay. He gets a 14 to hit. That'll hit. Okay. Incoming. He's nine points of ghost damage. Okay. As he's barely held together, he lobs a shadow ball into you. Uh, and we only get a six to maintain rain. Okay. The rain will stop momentarily. As you see this Gengar just... Um, can Monty do uh, an insight check to see... Uh, I guess I'm trying to gauge strategically, mm -hmm. like, how towards the end of his rope he is. Extremely. Okay. Um, I, I'm not going to say it would be highly likely that you would get him in one hit. Okay. But he is below a quarter of his max. Okay. So, uh, business as usual, but Monty is just going to be like, hey, don't worry about setting it back up. We're close enough. We don't want you taking the extra damage. He's going to go for a wing attack. Okay. Wingatron. 25 to hit. Holy cow. Yeah. He's got it. Five points of flying Five. damage. Okay, this bad boy's still alive. He's he's hanging in there. You you cut your wing through him, and it doesn't hit as much as you would like because it's just he's incorporeal. You sort of disperse him for a second, and he folds back around. He's going to try to he's going to he's going to go for another dream eater. We'll keep it thematic. He crit. Ooh boy. He's coming in. Five double to ten points of ghost damage. If only he had hypnotized first. But, alas. All right. Moonraker's going to bite into you. He's not looking so hot. Um, he's going to try to wing attack him one more time. For a, an 18 to hit. Yeah. Moonraker rolling really uh, well. Six more flying damage. Six more. You're, you're making me look like a liar because he's still alive. As you get him again for another six, he's barely holding together. He's going to tumble out of your wings and just whoosh, lob a shadow ball into you. Nope. Too much sauce on there. It's a natural two following the crit. Okay. So he gets an eight total. And Monty's going to give the order for Moonraker. He's going to do, do a gust. So it's oh. a strength save. Uh-oh. Ten minus three is a seven. All right. That's five more flying damage. You got him exactly. Yeah. So Moonraker, how... In this moment, what what could scare Moonraker? What could scare Moonraker? Yes. Um, Pennywise is in front of you. He's he's ripping out the essence of your fear, and there's not much left. Yeah. But what could scare you? Um, Moonraker is scared of. Um, 
a thunderstorm that would overpower his brother, Dabloon, because the two of them, he's content with setting up rain and flying in the rain, but Dabloon works more in the wind. So like a heavy a heavy rain with lightning, and he's worried about it affecting uh, his, his brother-in-arms, Dabloon. Okay. This Gengar in its final moments reaches into your mind and takes the form of Dabloon. As your gust is kind of carrying him away, and you go, I know my brother better than that. <laughs> and you just disperse the illusion as the smoke dissipates. There's just a bewildered Gengar that is launched back into a dusk ball at Deirdre's side. Nice. Well done, Dabloon. Or Moonraker, freaking A. Dabloonraker. Well done, Moonraker. My question for you now is does Moonraker remain out for the next bout? There are three, correct? There are three, okay. correct. Uh, not this one. We're going to do a swap. Okay. In that case, we're going to go ahead and roll initiative. Eunice, you hop out onto the field. There's nothing here. You're waiting. You're looking around. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, there's a pair of claws that tries to rake you across the back. Whoa! And he gets a 23 to hit. Jeez! he's going to pop out from being invisible, Bill. Sheesh! <laughs> just like, just like Sisu. Nine points. Nine points of psychic damage to you, Eunice. Okay. As a large set of, like, purple chameleon claws rake you across the back. And there's this big kind of, like, purple and blue chameleon just stood in front of you, tongue kind of lulling out, eyes just devoid. They're like a gyroid mm. just staring at you. Scary. How much for that clap back? Two total. <laughs> All right. Two total damage. Yes. As it carves through you, there's a bit of static and ice that shoot back in its face, and it remains visible. All right. Um, Eunice is going to set up her cotton guard <gasps> and fluff up. Okay. But you can't do it again. Okay. The Kecleon mm -hmm. disappears. Ah. Uh, okay. And it goes somewhere. Okay. And then it's your turn, Eunice. Okay. Well, then we're going to set up a static guard then. All right. I love it. Okay. <laughs> you get ready to roll as leaping from, like, the top of this room is just a big tongue that launches down Ugh. toward you. Ugh. It's pretty gross, right? Natural one. Oof. As it sticks to the ground next to you, and it just kind of goes... And it gets uh it gets attached there for right. for a bit. Well we're gonna roll some damage just for being in proximity. So six more. Six we'll do some more. electric damage. Okay. You zap his tongue and he goes full Jar Jar Banks when he licks the pod racer. <laughs> like a goon. Uh and Eunice <laughs> is going to fire off a thunder shock. Oh through the tongue. Oh, natural one. Swings Oof. and roundabouts Oof. today here. Okay. Oof. All right, Eunice, you launch a powerful electric blast 
and it arcs off into the tree up ahead, and some bark kind of rains down. As the Kecleon is going to use its tongue that's lashed to the ground next to you to launch down from the roof, going in for another slash. Okay. Um, he gets a 15. Ah, oh, barely hits. Okay. On the nose. He's going to get you for 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 6 points of psychic damage. Okay. Comes launching down. And it, that's a physical slash, though? That is a physical slash. He's making contact damage. with you. All yes. Right. Well... Seven electric damage. Oh boy! For touching my charged wool. Yeah, the claws dig in, and you just. Yeah. You see his skeleton is. Going, uh, and it's your turn. And then Titania is gonna give direction instead of shooting it out because he's right next to you. Summon it to you and just like overclock, and uh, hit him with the being close to you. It'll it'll arc. Just make it look cool. Concentrate fire. Messiah uh, the troops. Twenty-one to hit. Just do it. Yeah, oh yeah. For eleven electric damage. <laughs> oh no! You uh, you start to fry Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> Another psionic slash coming out. Okay. It's a good hit though from Eunice. No, it's a ten. Woo. Swings out towards you. Just goes wide. It clips like one little bit of the tundra wool. But it's so matted that it just goes... And just the pass through. Three more. Three more. Oh, boy. Eunice, you're just... You're standing full height. You're like a little a little lamb boxer ready to roll. All your hair's standing on edge. It's, it's, it's back to you. That was a big miss. Yeah. We're going to go for a double-hoofed icy wind. An ultimate punch? Yeah. Oh, my God. Which is a deck save. Okay. He gets a six. All right. Well done, Eunice. Not a good save there. Five ice damage. Five ice. All right. You start to kind of freeze over this Kecleon. Eunice, what's something in this moment that could scare you? Um, Eunice is afraid of the uh, LGM currently because mm -hmm. they are non-reacting. Like any effect of trying to intimidate it would go on deaf ears mm. uh, like uh, impressing them in order to get them to be scared wouldn't work yeah. and they're just a, a blank force that she's experienced alright as you're staring at this Kecleon in this moment it's, it's skin kind of shifts and shimmers over and it just takes on this very like boo ghost white sheet look and it just keeps those gyroid eyes and there's no expression mm. it just stares in front of you is it back to your niece is it doing anything no so yes it is back to, it's back to okay your niece. and well she's gonna try to do focus harder on her, the icy when she's doing to try to do another beam attack okay we're good uh 12 to hit 12 will miss okay He's in your head for the moment, Eunice. You start to focus that ice beam in, and it just collides, and there's no impact of pain or anything. This thing's been kind of wincing and making little little noises every time you've hit it, and there's nothing. And then it just disappears. Uh-oh. She's going to set up her static guard again. Okay. He's got to show himself eventually. That he does. He's going to reappear... Like inches from your face. 
and just kind of like try to jab you in the belly. He gets two twos at advantage from being invisible. Yikes. Two twos. That's bad. For a total of eight. That's really bad. Yeah. That's awful. All right. Well. That is two ones. Luck. So two damage coming back. Okay. For being within proximity. Yeah. And then is uh, going to try to just switch back to a Thundershock. Come on, Eunice. For a 21 to hit. Oh, yeah, that'll do. And 12 electric damage. 12 electric. Okay. Um, this weird sort of pillowcase Kecleon gets struck by lightning, and that visage just sort of falls away, revealing an ordinary purple Kecleon who is all burnt up like a little crispy piece of bacon. Nice. Whoosh. I'm going to leap towards you. Roll a different die this time. See how we do. Ooh. 17. Oof. That'll hit. Okay. A little bit of DiMaggio. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. 7 psychic damage to Eunice. But then he's going to take some clap back. How about 12? 12 more. Firing back. Okay. He's officially mortally wounded as he, like, slams into you and just gets kind of electrocuted up the bod. There's just burn marks all around, and it looks like he's starting to fade, and for a moment you see a glimmer of fear in its eyes, and you're mm. like, I am not my fear. All right, we're going to do something cool or perhaps sacrilege. We're going to roll Nubster's Ice Dice to try <gasps> to do an ice beam. Channel ice Dice. Nubster for an unnatural 20 to hit. Oh, yeah. It's pretty good. How about six ice damage? You've used up Nubster's good roll. <laughs> no. That's good. That's another six points. You focus that ice beam into the Kecleon and it starts to freeze his legs in place. And that tongue just kind of lolls out there. And it's got this weird, you know how chameleons is and all that. They have that extra like little tongue grabber. Mm -hmm. They got the little tongue and then the bigger part of the yeah, tongue. Yeah. yeah, that's going to shoot out towards you. Yucky. Uh, he's going to get an 18 to hit you. Yes, that will hit. Okay, incoming. Uh, is four points of normal damage. Technically, bled gioning. But he does make contact with you. He's going to pull you as close as he can, even though it will hurt him. He's just tongue lash, brings you in. 11 more damage. 11 more all right, on his turn, you've managed to put him down to, like, single-digit HP. Nice. All right. So, Eunice, uh, carry it home. While being pulled in, she's just going to do an icy wind at him, and do he's got to do a dex save here. Okay. That's an eight. Okay. The saves are not going well. Six ice Six. damage. Six. All right, Eunice, your fear of things not reacting to pain... Or, or fear and intimidation in this moment as you just you just start grabbing the, the tongue and pulling <laughs> him to you. And he's like, ah, 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 ah. And it's like a fruit by the foot. You just channel an icy wind. You freeze the Kecleon in place. And where once there was that unfeeling mass is just raw fear as it's frozen nice. solid in front of you. Well done, you need Putting the Kecleon to negative three. Woo. So, Eunice, would you like to remain out for the third? No, we will swap again. Okay. Who's coming out now? We'll send out Shimmer this time. Okay. 
Shim Shim, go ahead and roll. Okay. For initiative. Shim Shim, you are going exceptionally first. Yeah. As entering into the field is just this little puddle of jam. It just kind of slithers out. Yeah. And then it folds its body as soon as it kind of hits the field into this big, like, kind of droopy-limbed, stitched-together little puppet-looking guy. It's just hanging there. It's got a zipper for a mouth, but it's still made of that same, like, purple jam. It just hits the field. All right. But you're up first. Okay. Well, you got a four on his initiative. Yeah, we are going to... Um Set up one agility stack to start. Okay. And bonus action dodge because Shimmer's not sure what this thing's going to do. Okay. He's going to do something scary and frightening because um, he gets to borrow the moveset of the creature he's pretending to be. Mm. And as such, it will unzip its mouth, open it wide, and this awful gas coalesces around you. You watch as the, the whole ditto creature kind of shudders and suffers. Three points of ghost damage. Oh, no. As Shimmer, you feel a, like, psychic nail just driven into the front of your brain. You become Yikes. cursed. Okay. Is anything happening this immediate turn or after my turn ends, probably? At the end of each of your turns. Okay. All right. Well, Shimmer's going to try to do a flame charge then. Okay. For a 16. That hits. Okay. 11 fire and 3 flying, so 14 total. 14 total. Okay, very good. And then uh, because she's afraid in this moment, we'll bonus action dodge rather than blink burst. Okay, very good. As you fly in, smack into this ditto bayonet mess, you leave a a good scorch mark, some nice talon claws across there. And then you feel that curse take hold. It takes six points of ghost damage. Oof. You just feel yourself being kind of drained away, and that nail just forces itself a little bit deeper into your forehead. And then the bayonet kind of continues with that open maw and that black gas pouring out. You just see this little red tuft just launches towards you. I'm going to make a constitution saving throw. 17. Okay. And then we're both going to have a good laugh because Shimmer's fire type. So Will-O-Wisp hits you and has no effect. You fool. You can't burn a fire type. But that was just me going, oh, cool. I'll do this and then this and then that. But it's okay. So, yeah, you get a freebie there as it uh, it tries to burn you and you're like, fire cannot kill a dragon. But the ditto's like, I'm not used to these moves. <laughs> and neither am I. Or I'll go All for right. another flame charge and get a critical hit. Oh, no. You're like, this is how fire works. Yes. 5, 10, double to 20. 20. Holy cow. Okay, you blast in there. Yes. Deal 20 damage to the ditto. Any other effects? Uh, we just, dodge. Yeah, we're going to dodge okay. again. Shimmer, you take 7 points of curse damage. Okay. As that nail drives itself even further in. Starting to like affect vision and... Would be like speech patterns and audio cues, but instead, you just, you're holding together. You're like, stay strong, stay focused, it's all in your mind, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Alright, he's got disadvantage. He's gonna go for a hex on ya. Uh, it's a 19 or it's a 13. Oof. Is it 13 hit? No. Okay. So this purple fire starts to kind of open in the ground around you, Shimmer. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of appear a little bit behind it as it just incinerates up. And you hear the ditto kind of cackling. And then the smoke falls and you're still just... And he's like, no, no. Nice. All right, back to you. Uh, Shimmer's going to... It's clearly a little shaken. Mm-hmm. Um, a little shaking, a little stirred. Can see in her mirror, Monty and Titania, like, still thinking she's got it. A little bit of words of encouragement. She's going to go in for another flame charge. I love it. Uh, get a, an 18 to hit. That will hit. For 11, 15 damage. 15. Okay. Good Lord, Shimmer. Outputting the damage. All right. The Banette. As you slam into it, it becomes bloodied, and its form will begin to shift on its turn. Kay. But for now, we have a little bit of curse damage coming yes. at you. Eight, the maximum. Roll six, seven, eight on a D8. Look at that. Uh, on its turn, it's going to use its action to drop the bayonet form, and instead it just becomes this mass of what looks like bandages and smoke. Just kind of wisping through the air. It looks very thick and dense. And there's just one big red eye floating in the middle. Oh, boy. It's got these gold bangles all over its hands. Okay. As a dusk noir appears in front of you. Dang. It maintains the same amount of damage that it's taken. But all of its stats, abilities, and everything else will shift over. Okay. Uh, but that's his whole turn. Shimmer, it's supposed to be a little harder to hit. Seeing a large target is going to just do an aerial ace for straight up damage. I love it. For three damage. Okay. And then try to uh, get a blink burst action in here for a deck save. Okay. This guy's pretty good at those. He's got a 17. Okay, that did succeed. So okay. no damage on that. Yeah, you blink burst, and you kind of pop through and realize that most of this ditto is just jam. Mm -hmm. You kind of come out of the side, you shake off a little bit of it, and it just kind of pulls back into this big Dusk Noir shape. All right, Shim Shim. A little bit of curse damage. This time it's actually a little bit. It's only two this time on that D8. Um, and then this bad boy uh, kind of holds his, his uh, knuckles out. And a little bit of lightning courses through Ooh. it. And he's going to go in for a haymaker. Oh, boy. That's really good to hit. That's a lot. Yep. That's 23. Yep. Okay. Shimmer, this one's going to hurt probably a lot. We'll find out. 28 points of electric. Damage. Yikes. It's 14 double. Already. Yeah. Because it kind of just clocks you across the jaw. There's this big creepy smile because it still has Ditto's eyes. Mm -hmm. And like this big goofy grin. It's like two eyes in an eye. Yeah. Like you've got this thing and then there's just the actual <laughs> yeah. eyes down yeah. here. It's like any moth <laughs> ever. Jeez. Uh, but yeah, he clocks you pretty good. But it's back to you. All right. Uh, they're going to make a strategic switch out to Eunice. Okay. No one can take a Thunder Punch. That's that's fair. Okay. So Eunice will pop back out. So let's go ahead and we'll roll Eunice in. I'll leave Shimmer on there in case. Natural 20. Holy cow. Okay. So very good. So we call back Shimmer. Eunice, you pop out. 
There's Dusk Noir. Um, seeing that its its quarry has left, also has access to curse. Kay. However, he suffers the damage again to inflict you with it. He rolls a seven on his own. His curse will deal more damage, though. It's a more powerful form. <laughs> but this guy's showing a lot of wear and tear. Like, you're wearing him down pretty quick. Okay. We're going to jump right into it with a Thundershock. I love it. Go big. That's a 25 to hit. That will hit. Yeah, holy cow. <laughs> uh, eight electric damage. Eight electric. Okay. As the... Like the electrical fist still sparking. You just call down lightning onto it. And you just stand in there. Your tall sheep form. <laughs> strike right at the top of the Dusk Noir. And a bunch of jam just kind of <laughs> shoots out the side. We have the end of your turn, Eunice. Six points of ghost damage. Courses through your veins. The power of the curse. Oops. And then this bad boy sees a little bit of a little bit of ice on those on that coat. <sighs> Sparks up a hand with some fire. Nice. We've got elemental punch coming in. Smart. This time with fire. <gasps> Fourteen. Oh no. It barely hits. It hits? Yeah, had I done my cotton guard, it would have missed. Alright. I was like, this guy's got a massive bonus to hit, but I was like, it's a five on the die. There's no way. It's okay. Uh, six, ten, twenty. Twenty fire. All day. Punches into you, and there's this big burst of, like, smoke. As he collides with your back, the smoke kind of breaks free a bunch of ice crystals, and it shoots out, and you get this beautiful, like, nice kind of shimmer effect through the smoke. But, Eunice, you just kind of... <laughs> yeah. All We're right. Still going. Here's the clapback. Seven electric damage. Seven electric on the clapback. All yeah. right, Eunice. All right. You can do this. Eunice is going to try to do the new ice beam attack. Okay. Here we go. No. Only an 11. An 11 will miss. As you kind of focus in this ice beam on this big target. Eunice, what's something else that could scare you in this moment? Um, Eunice is afraid of embarrassing herself in combat. So, like, being laughed at for for just not bringing it. Okay. So you fire off a rather impressive ice beam in your mind. Mm -hmm. It strikes into the still smoking fist of the Dusk Noir and just leaves a puddle on the ground. And it just begins to guffaw at you. <laughs> Oh, 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 Before you suffer eight points of ghost damage from your curse. This big guy who is laughing so hard at you flings his whole body for an elemental punch. Both fists alight with flame. He's, he's either going to kill you or die trying. Maybe both because there will be a clapback. It's true. Natural one. Oh, snap. As he leaps, both fists just kind of swirling up into the air. You're noticing a flaw in the Ditto's design <laughs> in that it can't actually fly. It must remain tethered <laughs> to a point. So as it leaps, you hear this 
as the form kind of dissipates, as it's just ditto, goes to land near you. It will end its turn within five feet. There's a chance he just dies. Three. Electric. He had exactly three hit no points left. Freaking way. So as this ditto flubbers onto your face, Eunice, you just grab it. How do you want to do this? Uh, steal your moment. I mean, this was a pretty. Uh, this can't be super epic because it, the way it played out was not. Yeah. So Ditto's gonna disconnect. Highly unfortunate. Natural the, one. The, she's gonna be kind of cowering and bracing for this hit, and like is gonna look up to peek. And as the ditto falls and kind of turns back into its original form, she'll start to realize that it's not that bad as she goes to, like, go back to the offensive and then just, like, because of built-up charges, goes... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The ditto's just... <laughs> just falls like a cooked egg and, on the ground. And she's, uh, like, kind of bummed she didn't make it look cooler. And she's like, oh, oh, that was... that. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the window's gone. Incredible. All right. Dodging what would have surely been a fatal blow for both of you, more than likely. Eunice, you snatch a victory Woo. from the jaws of stalemate. Crazy. Super close. Everyone uh, was could have been knocked out in one hit easy. Oh, yeah. We were Everyone we were definitely approaching scary times. Yes. Everyone would have been knocked out had they been hit in one yeah. hit. Yeah. That would have been nuts. Deirdre seeing seeing your team victorious will call back to Crispy Ditto. He's he's a little runny. Call him back. And this time no smoke, no mirrors. Sort of glide over to you. Like that rollerblading ghost, oh, yeah, the dance yeah. phantom, yes, the who dance just phantom. gets on Heelys somehow so and flies amazing. away with Garrett. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody out there will get that reference. They always do. But she will sort of just hover over to you. Welcome back, Squawk. We remember your fears. Mm. You've grown stronger. Yes. Here is your Aether badge. And she'll just kind of lob up with, with two fingers a little marble of cloudy black. And it just sort of hovers over to you and stops right in front of your beak. He will pick it up with his talon and not his mouth. <laughs> Spooky. Uh, and the, the team is excited they're celebrating not as raucous as they normally do because this was a pretty close match shimmer moonraker and unice are a little beat up um but they'll all kind of just uh in a celebratory like one two three go team and put it in together around monty okay one two three go team deirdre will kind of get low and just sort of compress. Just look towards Monty. And the limbs kind of exaggerate a bit. Mm -hmm. You still don't see a face. Okay. It's just a mouth speaking out from like long white hair. Okay. That black shroud just sort of covering the rest of her. You've grown in many ways, little crow. 
you and your friends. When last you darkened my doorstep. So much fear. So much potential. For a boy to fear the intellect of gods. To now wield it. And a little crow, so afraid of childhood bullies, now bestowing power. The world is in good hands. And over the course of those words, he'll kind of like perk up and straighten up and be like, yes, you're right. And, and thematically, again, with the badge going in and helping reduce fear, be like, yes, accurate. Hmm. Fitting for the second in human victor to be you, little crow. And uh, can can Monty uh, insight to see if she means Wymond? It's the fair. I don't know if he could ask. You could try. Uh, but he might inspect the surroundings to see if there's any glowing algae remnants of the shoes. Uh, give me an investigation check. It's been a long time. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, six. Yeah, no. If you took, like, a black light in here, you <laughs> might find, like, some residue, some ectoplasm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll assume. Little crow, I'll be in touch soon enough. We can tell six of seven poor jacks defeated and dismantled left in the desert yikes all right well he'll take all that internally and give us give his heartiest crow attempt at a thanks again and thanks and uh, I love it they will walk out proud as a unit and go rejoin the others okay as we step out of the new tree gym derby gustavo yes wesley yes a single unit comprised of three contributing individuals yeah. a collective yeah this company is employee owned <laughs> and arjan yeah seeking out the three b's Yes. Trading Co. Yes. This operation has grown slightly. Oh, nice. Ever so slightly. Okay. They now have an eight-foot table instead of a six-foot table. Good for them. They've got that same kind of like drop box of coins and a whole variety of of honies. Okay. We had a lot of honey last time you guys were here. There's a whole bunch of it now. Just kind of in various different arrays. The bees look very tired. Uh, they look a little frazzled, as much as bees can. Okay. But they seem to be just kind of chilling. But up in a tree above is this very abnormal-looking honeycomb structure. And sort of plugged into it are a bunch of, like, additional comb bees. Some comb beesies. Nice. Just kind of chilling in the tree. Okay. Just waiting. They seem to be there for backup or extra support or an extra set of wings. Or like an extra balancing platform for their little <laughs> hexagonal heads. Okay. Um, well, Arjan 
knowing and kind of having been debriefed that this gym is a spooky, scary gym mm-hmm. and uh, could leave those that participated in an unfun mental state is going to uh, shop at the three B stand and he is going to approach and say, hello, shopkeepers. Uh, I am here to get some honey to cook with. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, hi, hi. Honey, 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 honey. Cook. Yes. So I'm looking for two specific kinds of honeys. I'm looking for your your jar of your your thickest uh, honey with the least amount of viscosity. Like it almost difficult to get out of the jar thickness. Unrefined. Yes. Unrefined. Raw, raw, pure, pure honey. Yes, I would like a jar of that, and one that is perhaps on the opposite end and a little more subtle. Subtle syrup. Subtle, subtle yes. syrup. Yes. Syrup, subtle. Perfect. Honey. Yes. Vibes. Honey, honey, yes. A couple and of these bees will just start moving various jars over to you. And Arjan will hand each of the diglets uh, a third of the coin payment so that they could all go what 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 and pop up and put the money in the thing for three <laughs> separate <laughs> yeah they're the little pill bugs for, from bugs life well for three separate uh cling clangs into the money box ting, 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 ting. okay lovely and uh we'll say thank you uh do you know welcome 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 thank you you you, you. thanks 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 yes thanks. support small business uh bees do you know, are there trees nearby that have fruit or apples? Fruit, 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 fruit trees, trees, trees with fruit, fruit with trees, yes, fruit, trees, fruit. Yes. Fruit trees, yes. Go east, 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 east. Fruit okay. trees. Fruit trees, east. Uh, Arjan, On the reserve. <laughs> Arjan will look to Atticus and say, can, can you bring us back uh, just one apple each or whatever you two can carry? They go. Yep, yep. And uh, he'll send them off on their way and <laughs> let them know that they're where they're going to be cooking. Okay. And uh, he's going to be near the lift and pulley systems that Neek was repairing back in the day when we met him. Yeah. And uh, near the uh, Hootie Hoot Inn. Welcome back to the Hootie Hoot Inn, everybody. And uh, we're going to set up some some cooking while we wait. So we're going to be making a, a large meal and uh a dessert so we're gonna go see if there's a shop nearby and uh any kind of meat that's available whether it be like a a pokemon friendly ham or a fish or um even if it's like ground beef whatever meat is available we have a plan for just about any kind of meat you could throw interesting okay um yeah i mean you are still north of where Mayburn used to be. Mm-hmm. Mayburn was a farm and produce location. It's feasible. You might have some like some like Tiger King ham truck meat <laughs> available. <laughs> a couple couple weeks past prime, maybe. Okay, but still usable. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> It's the weirdest analogy I've made in a while. Okay. So then we're going to take that 
Mm -hmm. some of it, and we're going to take the pieces of it that look the most edible. Yeah. And um, Arjan is going to cut that up into, like, smaller chunks. So if, like, this is uh, whatever, if we're using Tiger King analogy, you got a big steak and some of this looks bad, but this chunk looks good, he'll take that out. Yeah. uh, And get a bunch of meat together. And um, while he's doing that, he's going to ask the Diglets um, to... Um, we're going to take that super thick honey out. He'll heat it a little bit if he needs to, mm-hmm. uh, to get it out. And, uh, he's going to clean their feet and have them, uh, stomp it out a little bit and then, um, uh, have them make like a, a circular area. He can, they can go in, he'll lay down some like parchment paper or something and have them run it in a, and just run in a circle and start to like spin it into taffy. And uh, as it, like, spins up, he'll stick a stick in and make, like, little honey lollipops. That's amazing. I'm not even, I'm not even mad. That's, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, done. Sold. They make the, the derbies all run around in a circle. Kind of like a Diglett-operated cotton candy machine. Yeah. And they just start stretching out into some taffy. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful uh, image. So they'll do that. Until, Little lollipops for everybody. Yeah, until that's done. And then once they're done with that and Arjan is finished like cutting up all the meat, he is going to uh, teach the diglets uh, in a little cooking class to um, do what they do with mud bomb, but with the little meat and make little meatballs. And so they're just going to make a bunch of little meatballs out of the meat that was available and mixed together. When the moon hits <laughs> your eye. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. All right. The derbies. Gustavo picks it up pretty quick. He's like, yes, of course. Spheres. Yes. The perfect shape. <laughs> the ultimate form. Wesley keeps making mud bombs. And mm. it's like. Like yes. this. Yes. And Gustavo's like, yeah. But with meat. With the meat, bro. You got to use the meat. Wesley's like, I, I, what, are you, what are you talking about? I'm use, I'm making a ball. He said, make a ball. He goes, no, he said, make a meatball. <laughs> Derby's like, boys, relax. Just, we're making meatballs. Making meatballs. They're making meatballs. Yes. Uh, and then um, they'll keep prepping that until that is done and or Atticus returns. Okay. Atticus. Yes. You are on a search. Yes. A quest. Yes. For the juiciest, most scrumptious apple. Yes. Would love an investigation and or a nature check. Okay. From the both of you. All right. Uh, it's 2d10s, right? It's it is 2d10s. On this. Yes. Yes. They cannot critically fail. Uh, five for what? Sorry. Investigation. Investigation or nature. So six. Six. Okay. <laughs> you fly off into the reserve. Yes. You're looking around for a good long while. Yeah. And then you spot it. Mm-hmm. The single greatest apple you've ever seen. Nice. It's, dare I say, beautiful. Okay. It's shining. It's glimmering. Okay. On the edge of this tree branch. Okay. You flitter out there. You kind of put all your talons around it. Mm-hmm. And then it has these two little green eyes that oh, fold geez. up and look at each of you. Uh, excuse me. Uh, sorry, sorry. This one's occupied. Our bad, our bad. They kind of fold back inside as the little, <laughs> the little apple <laughs> folds back, and you're like, 
The apples are alive. <laughs> apples are alive. Oops. Having a having a crisis of faith. We'll give you one more shot to find an unoccupied apple. Come on, boys. Uh, 17. That's a lot better. Okay. Um, a little ways, little ways away, you find a non-living apple tree. There's no flapples or appletons or whatever the other one is. Applin. Applin, that's the one that I couldn't remember. The one I was describing. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you find um, a little bushel. They're like little mini apples. They're almost like crab apples. But then you just grab enough that you can carry. And you each kind of take a little bushel. And you hold one end of each. And then you each hold like the middle bit. So you kind of like carry them together. Okay. And fly back towards Arjan. All right. Apples acquired. So they will fly that back. And Arjan will go, perfect. Thank you. And he is going to cut up the apple. Um... And he will keep two slices. He'll break one in half. Atticus can share the, the one piece into two. Heck and yeah. then split another one for the diglets. And then uh, in, in teaching them, hey, one for the chef. Because the other team's not going to get apples. We're using this for something else. Oh, So enjoy a little tasty treat. They're like, this is great. Is this why you cook all the time? You just <laughs> get to pick what you eat? Yes. Everyone's like... It's yeah. true. Uh, and he is going to take the rest of the apple and some of that more uh, uh, syrup honey and make like an apple honey glaze oh. um, that we will put on the meatballs in a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I should have eaten before we did this. Ooh, that sounds good. All right. Preparations well underway. Yes. And some of your friends emerge. All right, and uh, from the new tree gym, I say so. All of your friends, yes. no one got lost inside. So they come out, and it's uh, everyone looks relatively positive. So Arjun's like, okay, I think think they succeeded again. And um, Arjun requests Shimmer's uh, assistance in this case, mm-hmm. and uh, just say, hey, did the did the fights go well? And Shimmer will be like, it was a close one, but we remain undefeated. And Arjan is like, that is awesome. Way to go, gang. Uh, I do want to ask something of you, though, because while I can produce fire and cook things, um, I've noticed you have this really neat ability, and I want to see how that affects the cooking process. So he's going to ask Shimmer to blink burst through the meat to see if like the... Like cook it inside? Yeah, like do that and, and give it a go and see what happens. Gordon and Ramsay wishes, <laughs> you cooking challenged fool. Uh, he is going to um, okay. prep the rest of the team to be on the receiving end in case the meatballs go flying so they can try to all catch them. Oh, yeah. Just in case. Precautionary. Okay. Just in case the meatballs go flying. Yes. All right. Shimmer, go ahead and roll me some damage for Blink Burst. Okay. And we'll just see. We'll see if the meatballs go flying or if this is like a, a reasonable Six. display. Double threes. Double threes. Okay. A couple of the meatballs do, in fact, go flying. And the squad just kind of holds <laughs> their bodies out. And they're like, <laughs> poof, poof, 
just blocking shots like crazy, left, right, and center. Your niece just lobs up with the little ball tail, bats it back down into the dish, and they're all like perfectly seared. Nice. Well, as done. Shimmer lands, shakes a little bit, and some like a meat residue flies off the side. She's like, "Gross." <laughs> I I was in the food. Uh, and then, um. With some bread that they will have acquired mm-hmm. at some point. Easy enough. Um, he will, uh, with Violet's help, cut the bread into um, little sandwich-sized things and serve up <laughs> some apple honey meatball sliders. Everyone oh, gets a sandwich. They can enjoy the meal. And then they're going to camp here tonight. Um, because they want to be flying to Etiola and fighting there at like peak sun. So it's the least cold. Um, smart. So we're going to camp here tonight and, um, set up a little spot, perhaps up top in the tree, maybe near the hooty hoot Inn, and, um, just hang out as a team as everyone is going to be eating their honey, taffy lollipop and um as kind of like the sun is setting uh howell kind of feels something because things have been going on at the mound where his spirit is Mm -hmm. and uh it's like it may be flashes of something or i don't know but some connection is being uh uh, affected here and he is going to let out a howl at the sunset and uh, everyone's going to be feeling good. Eunice and Shimmer are going to kind of shake any after effects of that curse that happened during the gym, shake out those negative thoughts. And um, Monty will take this opportunity to share with the team what he learned last time and say, I've, everyone, everyone, we've got one gym left. And then we're going to go meet Milo in Hillmith. And you kind of see the team is excited, but some of them are kind of like, I hope this pans out. And like, I hope he's there. And uh, he's going to say, as we've been traveling, there's something about our growth as a team, our experiences. And uh, this feather, for those of you that can fly, know that it has the power to increase our flight abilities. Um, It allows... Milo and in a way for us to sense each other and I can feel he's out west and he's making his way towards us to meet us there and um, I can see he's traveling with Howl and I thought it was maybe just something in my head that I was wishing to see but hearing what he just did now I know it to be true so thank you everyone thank you Titania for all your efforts so far in this mission. We've got one left to go. We got this. Let's close it out. Let's be undefeated. Let's go team. And they'll all be kind of uh, amped up. Um, Titania too will just nod at Monty and uh, help celebrate with everyone and uh, pick up the the little ones as uh, like Atticus and, and the derbies and um, Moonraker to a degree are still on like the smaller side. So like she'll keep everyone kind of up together and they'll just have a great evening into a nice long rest to prep for the final challenge. I love it. I love it. 
I'm going to look at this. Okay. For the coming battle, after that rousing speech from Monty, that uproarious howl from howl, your whole team is emboldened. For the next 24 hours, roll me 2d10. Just for the next 24 hours, I want you to roll those dice forever. Huh? I'm just messing with you. Roll 2d10. Okay. <laughs> it's like, <hold laughs> it's like, the way I phrased it the first time sounded like I wanted hold you to on. roll your dice for a day. I want to but. roll two very specific dice because they represent the journey. 18, a 10, and an okay. 8. So I'm going to count that meal and that speech as the D&D spell Heroes Feast. Okay. Um, I want uh, just to note somewhere, because it will jack up everything, I think. Your, your whole team, their hit points for the next 24 hours are increased by 18. As they... Taste of this delicious dish, hand prepared with love and care by the team chef. They're riding the high of New Tree Gym. They've got one more to go. They know that Milo's nearby. They know he's okay. They're emboldened. They're feeling good. Nice. Love it. Arjan. Yes. Concurrent with that. Your intelligence increases yet again to 14. Nice. And your charisma to 13. As you have now instructed others in the culinary arts, cool. get a little bit more of a growth spurt. Nothing physical this time. You just feel a little more sure of yourself. You're like, you know what? I know what I'm doing. And then you flourish your cape and your top hat. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you trot away. But with that being said, Ediola on the horizon. Yeah. You guys take up residence in the Hootie Hoot Inn for the night. Yes. With one gym remaining. That's where we're going to end this one. And we'll... We'll pick it up next time we see Monty and the crew. It's going to be them emboldened by their hero's feast. Taking on the Ediola Gym. A gym that Milo elected not to take part in and even really not to observe. So Joel knows not a, not a lot about this upcoming one. It's true. This so is That's why I said the last one was the only... The final one that they could prepare to a degree for. Yeah. So we'll see you for what I hope will be the grand finale mm -hmm. of the Monty Jim circuit. But until then, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for watching. Bye. Emboldened by Arjan's masterful feast, the flock prepares for their final gym challenge one that may prove far more challenging for them than all prior gyms. 
you enjoyed this episode of Boarding Party, please consider leaving a like on the video to show your support. If you'd like to see more of the Tots and stay up to date on the Laris region, why not subscribe to the channel? If you'd like to help us out in other ways, you can follow the links in this video's description box to our Patreon. From there, you can join the discussions in our Discord server or check out the post-show, still rolling, get a recap of every session with myself and the crew. Let us know in the comments below what you thought about Monty's new tree gym challenge and how you think they'll fare in Ediola. We'll catch you next week as the Tater Tots start cashing in on Milo's negotiations for power with the Scions. <laughs>